0: Does it violate the Charter of Rights and Freedoms if you tell someone they can't do drugs in a public area? Is it really as simple a question as that? I know this has been a hot debate this past year in B.C., more so even since the B.C. Supreme Court ruled last Friday that it could potentially cause, quote, irreparable harm if drug users were banned from public areas like parks. But what about that constitutional argument here? Is this something that our next guest has been writing about? Actually, Tristan Hopper is with us now, reporter for The National Post. Thank you so much for being here. No,
1: well, Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so how do you view this decision by the B.C. Supreme Court? What is the court saying here?
1: Uh, so the court is essentially saying a lot of these sort of out there decisions are always based on Section Seven of the Constitution—that's security of the person. Um, so I think that was our main decision when the, the Supreme Court decided, oh, you, you know, you have to be able to give an aid to you know, the mentally ill and all these other categories. So it's usually a Section Seven decision. Whenever you know the, the lay person hears something like the court said that, that's usually Section Seven of the Constitution. So basically, what was decided in this case is uh, the Chief Justice of the BC Supreme Court um was presented with uh this new bc law which is i'm, I'm going to go out there and say this is a, one of the more soft-handed laws when it comes to sort of drug disorder i mean this is I mean, david eby used to be his job 10 years ago was one of the street level activists who used to sue laws like this so he, he very much designed a law that was going to be as <clears throat> inoffensive as possible and it still got struck down as unconstitutional so basically what it's based on is the bc law said, if you're doing drugs, uh, illicit drugs, um, within 15 meters of a playground, a splash park, a skate park or school, um, a police officer is allowed to go over and say, hey, can you stop doing the drug or move over there? And if they refuse or swear at the cop, then the cop can arrest them. But they they still don't face charges, um, drug charges under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. So this is a, a very slight dialing back of decriminalization. It's still decriminalized, but... A cop can politely ask you to leave if you're near a playground. So what the uh, B.C. Supreme Court Chief Justice said, well, what, what could happen? This was a case brought by the Harm Reduction Nurses Association. Is they said, well, if people are sort of being dissing, you know, told not to do drugs in a playground or any public area of any kind, um, they could be incentivized to do it alone, and people usually die of overdoses when they do drugs alone. So he said, oh, okay, based on that. Uh, This is a reparable harm, and it's a violation of uh, Section 7 security of the person. So this chief justice, he knew, uh, he acknowledged that, oh, yeah, this is terrible for parks. Uh, I mean, there's old women, there's children who can't go to parks because of all the drug disorder around them. But he said "Uh, that's that's an okay cost uh, considering. The Harm Reduction Nurses Association told me that some extra people might be killed by overdoses.
0: Right. What about the argument on the other, the public safety aspect of the, the right to, say, children to play in the park without, you know, coming across perhaps something that might hurt them?
1: Uh, so this did come up. So the chief justice sort of acknowledges it and says, uh, yeah, there's is, this is biohazardous materials. Um, I mean, he cites uh, testimony uh, from, from police, from community groups. Uh, saying that, yeah, we we can't use the parks, uh, you know, in low-income areas where parks are particularly important, so There are no-go zone. So he basically just decided ah, that's important, but it's not as important as this. So he he very explicitly said, the rights of children not to get poked by needles are superseded by uh, the rights of addicts to do drugs uh, in these child-centric areas. And it only applies to the child-centric areas. So you know, under decriminalization, you could still uh, smoke crap basically anywhere. This this was only regarding uh, the new B.C. law, which was uh, skate parks, playgrounds, um, daycare centers, anywhere where kids were going to be.
0: Right. Is this not superseded, though, by the, the federal laws regarding this, the exemption that B.C. got? Uh,
1: that's where it gets weird because, yeah, it's, a, it's the Federal Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So, I mean, you could look at it and say, well, if it's unconstitutional to for, you know, ask people not to do drugs in playgrounds, B.C. is the only place that has the criminalization. So every other part of Canada if you do drugs in a playground, not only are you arrested, but you face drug charges. So, yeah, it's it's weird to sort of cite a federal statute um, for yeah. a, a legal regime that we've had for like 10 minutes here. Uh, because, yeah, just across the border in Alberta, uh, you, you smoke crack on a playground slide. Uh, yeah, not only will you be arrested, you could go to jail.
0: Okay, Tristan, where do you think this leaves BC?
1: Uh, uh, it, it all depends. I mean, you had the... Uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the leader of the B.C. Conservative Party saying he would uh, invoke the you notwithstanding know, clause, so that is an option uh, for David Eby. Da- David Eby has been—I uh, mean, when he brought into criminalization and municipalities were saying, "Well, we're, we're worried about the drug store," he took their their concern seriously. Uh, he he met with uh, Kelowna, uh, he met with these small municipalities, and he designed this legislation to sort of allay those fears because what they wanted to do Port Coquitlam, Kelowna, a lot of those places. What they wanted to do is they wanted to. Um, have it so that decriminalization didn't even apply in the playground. So they wanted the old regime, you can be arrested and charged for drug possession in these playgrounds. So they introduced this law, which says, well, I've got this new law where we just have police politely ask them to leave, and there's not really an enforcement mechanism, but there, there sort of is. Um, so it's up to David Eby. If he wants to make an issue of this, yeah, BC uses the notwithstanding clause for the first time ever and just says, oh, screw you. Uh, that notwithstanding clause is the part where you don't have to listen to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And it was put in there back when they back when the Constitution was signed in 1981. Um, People thought, well, what if some judge like, you know, goes nuts and then decides that, you know, I don't know, smoking drugs in a a playground is a constitutionally protected charter right. Maybe we should have a mechanism where Parliament or a legislature can uh, supersede that. So, yes, B.C., there is a way around this for B.C. It's also only a temporary injunction. So I'm guessing the B.C. government is just going to litigate this and we'll have a three month delay. Uh, on this, and maybe they'll right. raise it to a higher court. But there's always uh, an escape valve. But you know, BC is nice. We're not Alberta or Quebec. We don't just, you know. force. Right.
0: But don't you think this makes it more difficult to find the balance, the balance that I think a lot of British Columbians were hoping to find with this, and that you want to help people who are in this situation, they are addicted, you don't want them to die. We're trying to find a way to balance that. And this makes it difficult to find that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's why I covered it, because it's a very out there decision. I mean, when this uh, decriminalization amendments uh, referring to playgrounds was brought in, I mean, again, the government putting it together is David Eby was a street level activist. He works for many of the same organizations uh, that are now sort of litigating these laws. Um, so he knows where they're coming from. He's seen you know, harm reduction and drug policy close up uh, on a street level. I mean, when he put through this amendment in Victoria, he had Marianne Alto. Probably the most left harm reduction mayor in the entire province saying, oh, this is good. We need to balance. Uh, You know, we we can't have kids, you know, just being screamed at in the playground. And I can say a Victorian. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've gone with my 100 year old grandma and kids. If someone's just twisted on drugs, I've I've had people scream at my kids, uh, threaten to kill them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, Definitely found needles. So, yeah, it's, it's having real world effects.
0: Okay, so then do you feel like is this just a delay BC is still kind of trying to figure out the government is, what next steps they're going to take?
1: Um, Probably because it's so dramatic to uh, put in the notwithstanding clause. But yeah, this is a case of a government putting in uh, the most soft-handed approach to, okay, we're still going to have drug decriminalization, basically the only drug decriminalization regime in all of the Western hemisphere, like some South, South American government. Right. It
0: doesn't, it doesn't bode well for it though, does it Tristan? Because if the federal government is watching this, they're saying, listen, if we're going to run into problems with this, then we're just forget the exemption. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. If I, I guess uh, yeah, if, if you could say, well, if judges are just going to make up charter rights based on some regime that's only been in place three months, it's going to be very hard for us to manage this in any material way. So, If I was sitting in another province and saying, "Oh, decriminalization could be a good idea. um, I would I would be hesitant to pursue it, knowing that, you know, one of my judges could just decide, oh, you you can't even restrict drug use. And it's not not drug possession. I mean, that was originally what some of these uh, municipalities were looking at drug possession, which, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to possess it. And they said, that's too difficult. So we're only going to make it if you're shooting heroin or smoking crack within view of a playground. So it's, it's very specific about what they were targeting.
0: Right. Oh, boy, this decision. Okay, Tristan, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. That's Tristan Hopper, reporter for The National Post, talking about the kind of balancing act. It's almost like a high wire act that that B.C. is undergoing right now, trying to well, the government was trying to allay concerns of the public when it came to decriminalization and and public drug use. And now that's all being kind of thrown for a loop by this B.C. Supreme Court decision. I was just thinking more about that interview that we just did with Tristan Hopper with the National Post about decriminalization, the situation in B.C. British Columbians are compassionate people. I think we are. And it's how we got to this point where we are trying out decriminalization in an effort to try and stop the tide of awful overdoses that we have had with this public health emergency for far too many years now. If you had asked someone 10 years ago how you feel about decriminalization, people would have said, no, you're crazy, it's a terrible idea. But this constant huge number of overdoses that we have have made a lot of people realize, listen, we have to try something, maybe this will work, will this help people? Yes, let's try it. And that's where I think BC was at last year, And then, you know, the other side of that, the balance of it is how do we find the place where the general public feels comfortable with this and we are still helping people? And then this BC Supreme Court decision last week has brought it all kind of back into the spotlight where people feel frustrated. They think I'd I'd like to be able to go to the park and not have to worry about public safety. But you also want to know that you're doing things that are helping people who need that help. Does that mean that they should be able to use any public space to use drugs? Where do we draw the line? Harm reduction advocates that have gone to court to, you know, to get that decision may not understand that they, there sounds like they're doing the, cause actual harm with the general public when you can't help find that line with the public, you can't find that compromise there, that it may result in backlash. I think it is resulting in backlash where people are saying, well, listen, if that's what this experiment means, then maybe we don't want this experiment anymore. We don't want to try decriminalization. And that is a hard fought issue. Took years for the general public to kind of get on side with it. You had them there. And now decisions like this, arguments like this are kind of making the public backtrack. And the worst thing you want is to see the overdose numbers go back up, right? So where do we find that line? And that is the challenge. That's the challenge the government is facing right now too. If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com. And I know we're going to be talking more about this.